Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about the slope of two lines you should compare when you're running after an overtraining injury. So the big question is this, how are runners like us, who don't like hearing doctors say, just stop running, who know that we simply have to stay active, how do we heal in a way that lets us stay strong, maintain our running fitness, and keep preparing for the next race, and still heal without making the injury worse? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Dr. Christopher Segler, and welcome to the Doc on the Run podcast. Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about the slope of two lines you need to compare when you're returning to running after an overtraining injury. Many doctors tell runners they just have to wait until they're completely healed before they can start running again. If you're a runner who got an overtraining injury, you've probably heard this before, and it probably didn't sit well with you. Four weeks, six weeks, three months, or maybe even six months of no activity? How long do you think you really have to wait before you can start running again? What's going to happen to your running fitness if you simply wait for two or four or six months? What is your aerobic fitness going to look like after six months of no aerobic exercise? What's your running form going to be like after just two months of not running? What are the chances you're going to have a PR in your next marathon if you take months off from running and training now? When you've been injured and you're starting to run again, you have a very delicate balance to maintain. Your number one goal is to increase your fitness without stressing the injured tissue enough to inhibit the recovery. The goal is to get stronger without slowing the healing process. That healing process is always in motion. Every day the healing tissue gets stronger and every day the healing tissue can withstand a little bit more activity than the day before. Once you understand this fact, it's hard to understand why doctors tell you to sit on the couch for weeks or months simply to recover from an overtraining injury. There's a fine line between getting stronger and getting re-injured, but as a recovering runner, you can compare the slope of two lines to help you maintain the healing activity balance. Those two lines are activity and pain. Tell me whether or not you agree with the following statements. As you heal, your pain goes down. As you increase activity, your strength goes up. Well, if you agree, it follows that you can have two possible scenarios when you're a runner healing an overtraining injury. If you are increasing your activity level, but the pain in your foot is increasing, you may feel like you're getting stronger, but the injured tissue is likely getting weaker because it's getting abused, traumatized, or otherwise re-injured. If you're increasing your activity level, but you have no increase in your pain level, then you are simply getting stronger. If you're simply getting stronger without any increase in pain, then your activity level must be safe for the level of strength in the healing tissue. When you are in your normal training progression, you're always ramping up activity. As you ramp up activity, you notice certain things. You feel tired. You may feel lethargic. You may even feel emotionally overwhelmed and overworked. But as long as you rest and bounce back, you can feel confident that you're making progress. When you're recovering from an overtraining injury, you won't be exercising enough so you'll feel completely exhausted. So instead of expecting to feel exhausted, overworked, or overwhelmed, the kind of stuff you normally feel when you're training, you just have to pay attention for pain. Any pain you feel which resembles the discomfort you felt when you were first developing your overtraining injury has to be taken seriously. 
This is your only indicator of too much activity. You have to pay close attention. You have to be aware of subtle changes and new sensations. You have to observe closely for any tightness, achiness, or vague soreness. And you have to track your pain. Many people are confused about exactly what they should write down when tracking their pain, but you don't have to try to figure that out. I've created a one-page PDF simple pain journal. It's free. You can go to DocOnTheRun.com and at the bottom of the show notes page for this podcast episode, you can download it. So go get it. Then all you have to do is make note of your pain and keep track. Start adding exercises that you think will apply as little as possible an amount of stress to your injured foot. Think about what you can do to increase your strength in all of the other muscles to help stabilize that injured foot. Start ramping up your activity. Keep track of how much time you spend during each particular exercise. Keep track of how much intensity you put into that workout. Write it down and track it the same way you track your long runs and speed sessions. At the same time, you will keep an eye out for any pain, discomfort, or indicators that your injury may be getting aggravated by your activity. If you plot these two variables, pain and activity, you should see the activity line going up and the pain line going down. That would be the ideal scenario. You're getting stronger all over. Your pain is going down. Your activity is going up. You're getting better. But even if you notice a small amount of discomfort, some odd sensations or other things that you might think are worrisome, you're still probably recovering if your activity line is a lot steeper than the pain line. The goal is to get the activity to ramp up and keeping your pain line as flat as possible. And that's what I mean when I talk about comparing the slope of two lines. You want a lot of slope in the activity line and you want to keep activity going up and up and up. If you notice any increase in pain, all you have to do is look at your activity journal and back off that one particular activity that you most recently added to your routine. If you're only adding one new activity or one new level of intensity to a particular activity, then you can always identify the one activity that is stressing your tissue and putting you at risk of a re-injury as you ramp up your fitness. Right now, you may be thinking that all this tracking seems like a tedious process. Well, it is. But if you want to serve as your own advocate and you want to beat the conventional medical wisdom of the standard sit-still treatment, you have to do something different. Don't ever forget, if you're just sitting still, you're losing your running fitness. You don't have to let your runner body waste away just so you can let one part recover. You have one injured structure only one injured structure. You have one metatarsal stress fracture in one metatarsal bone. You have one tendon which is inflamed. You have only one anatomic part which is injured and needs to recover. So keep your body moving, keep building strength and everything that will support and protect that injured healing part. Pay attention to the slope of the two lines that help you map out your progress and guide you along the way. And if you do that, you will get back to running sooner. Whether you just went out for a long run today and started having pain, or you're just getting back to running and you're concerned that you're going to re-injure yourself, you may not really know the best way to keep track of the pain and weird sensations you have when you start ramping up your activity. I can tell you that one of the biggest mistakes I see runners make over and over and over is that they aren't tracking the pain when training and returning to running after an injury. 
We've created several courses that help runners diagnose and treat their own conditions. We created those courses specifically on how to run with plantar fasciitis, how to get back to running sooner if you have a plantar plate injury, how to treat your own Achilles tendon issues when you're a runner, and how to deal with metatarsal stress fractures. The reason I'm telling you this is not to get you to buy those courses. I'm telling you this just to reinforce how critical it is that you keep track of your pain when training. Think about it. You already track your pace, your heart rate, your distance, maybe even perceived exertion, and all those other statistics that help you stay on track help you in your training. If you've had a history of injury, whether it's now or in the past, you need to track your pain and discomfort so you can make the appropriate changes in your training plan. Tracking your pain is crucial. Now, I actually made the very first lesson and the very first action step in every one of those courses we created to help runners figure out how to diagnose and treat their own injuries. Well, that step is tracking your pain. And each one of those courses in the very first lesson, I tell runners who signed up for the course to download and print the PDF runner's pain journal. I tell them to print it out take the runner's pain journal, get it and download it and print it before they do anything else or continue with any of the other lessons. It's that important. You can get the runner's pain journal too. We posted it at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. You can download it for free. So go get it now, print it out and use it to help you get back to running sooner. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.